0: Welcome to our AFCON Daily Digest. Today we're looking at where it all kicks off. On Sunday, the 9th of January, hosts Cameroon kick off in the Stade Olembe before Ethiopia take on Cape Verde later in the day. Will the Indomitable Lions lift the trophy on home soil? Can the Stallions do one better than they did in 2013? Will the sleeping giants of Ethiopia finally wake up? And will the Cape Verde national side continue their remarkable revolution over the last decade? To find out, stay with us at OTW underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram and On The Whistle on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast as we cover all aspects of the tournament. First up, though, I caught up with On The Whistle's man on the ground and Cameroonian football guru, Francis Nkwain.
1: Well, I think uh, it's safe to say um, African fever has finally hit. Um, it's taken maybe the arrivals of a good number of teams on a daily basis now. We're hearing X team landed in Dwala, X team's landed in and people are beginning to accept that uh, the tournament will finally take place. We've had a lot of, I think people had just guarded themselves against uh, disappointment because of the precedent. Um, so, a lot of people weren't too sure if it would actually take place. So, but now seeing teams arriving and seeing buses uh, with team names bla- emblazoned on them driving across the city, uh, people are beginning to uh, catch that little party vibe. And um, yeah, it's nice. You're seeing jerseys all over the place now and flags. And it feels like um, something's about to get
0: started. So, yeah, I mean so so excited for everything to, to kick off. I just wanted to kind of cast our eyes back kind of over the last few years for Cameroon you know it's been a bit of a kind of roller coaster of a few kind of years you know you've you've had a bit of infighting in Cameroon some players you know like Joel Matz have refused to, to play for the team but then you also had that sensational win in 2017 of course you're kind of going all the way and winning the AFCON where where do you see the squad right now in terms of kind of how is there much harmony or is the, do you have a sense that the team is together and united um for this tournament?
1: Well, again, I think um, the Cameroon team is not too dissimilar in terms of the European teams to the German team. We are very um, tournament dependent, dependable uh, nation. So it's kind of like you want to see the first three games to really know if uh, a group is up for it or not. Um, These guys, I think there's a lot of continuity in what we have at present. Uh, There are about six or seven players who were part of the 2017 squad that won it in Gabon, who are still young and have a lot to offer. We have less stories about infighting or disputes. A lot of those things were rooted in organization, to be honest. And I think the organization around the national team is a lot better. Um, there is a lot more space given to or accord given to the voices of the players. And so the facilities they use, the way they travel, the way invitations are sent out, uh, even the way the team is turned over under the new coach Contessao. He gives a lot of players the opportunity to play, Um, which I guess for some that could have been a frustration in the past if he would fly all of 17 hours to join your national team and you don't get a minute and you have to go back to your club and you think you're deserving of some minutes, maybe not 19, uh, but you don't even get those. Some coaches in the past had stuck maybe to a core 14, core 16, but under the new coach, you get this feeling that he, he uses his squats um, even when some people are questioning why even some of the talent get two minutes or 20 minutes, um, he makes it a point to make sure everybody feels involved. So it's really nice to see, and it's given birth to a lot of hope that at the very least, uh, the nation would not be disgraced. Because I think that's the key position when you're a host Mm -hmm. is nothing embarrassing. You don't get turfed in the first round. Um, So (laughs) I think expectation is quite manageable at present and we're just looking forward to seeing what those first three group games will look like
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i mean is do you do you have a sense on on tony conces out you know he's he's done fairly well since joining in in 2019 you know topping their uh afcon qualifying group and then topping a really tough world cup qualifying group with with ivory coast it right now is there a lot of kind of support for him in the kind of the squad and the country as a whole
1: I think what's amazing about him, and I think most of the coaches that have done really well in Cameroon have been those who have let results speak for them, and I think he has done that particularly well. Um, We have very little, there is very little, um, what what would I, how would I say this? We don't feel his presence, so to speak, and I think in our space, that is a real attribute. I think it's something beautiful because he he doesn't cast a big shadow. He does his job. He's not. Uh, you don't feel there's an ego in place that is has an opinion on the nature of a national league or the absence, therefore, of that league or whether players or conditions are not favorable. He seems to just get on with the job, and you don't hear him complain. You don't hear him talk about wanting to lift the quality of the national game he just seems to be like i understand what it is i need to do and i'll let my results speak for me mm. and i think the greatest tribute we can give to him is that it almost feels like uh he is on a project and his litmus test isn't whether or not he's winning this african cup of nations but if his building a new purpose behind our national team, where people understand that they have a place and a duty when they get there. And that's what most people appreciate at present. But at this one point in time, I'd also like to, on behalf of the OTW team, extend our condolences to him. He lost his brother, I believe, uh, about four days ago. And the mark of the man is that he's made no point of it. He's continued with his job. And it's this quality in his character that I think a lot of people respect. And uh, you hear very few Cameroonians have anything negative to say about him. And that's because he hasn't put himself in the position where he's made a whip for his own back with a comment or two. Mm-hmm. So uh, we wish them all the best. Uh, we like the work he's doing. And we hope at the heart of the work he's doing on the pitch is also building the kind of systems that allow us to have the management and the, the control of our national team with nationals as well. So there is that transfer of knowledge between the amazing foreign coach that he is, but the nationals who are also a part of his team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Our thoughts, prayers are, are with him. And I, yeah, kind of hopefully he can kind of both have the time to, to grieve and to still perform really well at the, at the AFCON. I mean, moving on to the squad, you know, obviously the biggest talking point looking at this team is the inclusion of Andre Onana, who, you know, obviously had this really horrible fluky year where he miss, missed out on so much because of that drugs ban. Um, but, you know, how him coming back into the squad, how, how, how big is that for the team, both in terms of him as, you know, a top, top level goalkeeper, but also as, as a leader of the team?
1: I think it's a really, really wonderful thing. He's an amazing athlete, uh, a true professional. He's at the very top of his game. At least he was at the time where the ban began and he seems to have picked up where he left off. Um, It's also very nice to see that in a position like goalkeeping, um, Africa is really experiencing uh, a fantastic period in, in history whether we're looking at people like Mendy, who's at Chelsea, or Onana at Ajax. Um, there are a lot of African goalkeepers who are stepping up to the plate. Um, they are leaders in their space. Um, and it's a very exciting time. Even in the Cameroon squad, if you're looking at goalkeepers like a who did a fantastic job in the absence of Onana, um, we're blessed with, with choices. So I think it's a good option for the coach to have that level of quality available to him. Uh, But as a nation, I think a lot of Cameroons are very excited about having Wanana back. He is one of those old school, new school guys. There's something very old school in his style, but he's very new school in his attitude. And he brings a certain energy and a great sense of leadership and a sense of responsibility to his role within the national team that can only help the other teammates who may be new to the space. And in tournament football, you need character, you need luck, but you need talent. And I think he has all three. The luck may have eluded him for nine months, but um, it seems to be back because there are other people whose careers would be done after that. But he's a lucky boy in the sense that he has the opportunity to shine at a tournament like this at a time when his contract also with Ajax is pretty much up. So he can play his way into a new contract at a new, bigger club, possibly. So he has a lot of motivations. um, And we look forward to seeing what he'll do on the pitch.
0: Yeah, I mean, and credit to him for kind of maintaining his professionalism and his, you know, both f- physically and technically keeping up um, over the last kind of nine months. It's incredible. Indeed. I mean, look, looking at the rest of the squad, kind of what jumps out to me when, it, were the words that I think of when I look at is kind of solid, but not spectacular. You know, I see some really good players in Onguene, you know, Anguisa, Abu Abubakar, who obviously scored in the final in 2017 and, and a couple others like Toko Kambe and Beskog. But, I, you know, when I compare it to the teams of, you know, Senegal, Algeria, Nigeria, you know, there's not the kind of, you know, there's no Samuel Eto'o in this squad. There's no kind of star studded players. Um, you know, how, how far do you think this, this Cameroonian side can go? Because like you said earlier, you know, if, if, if you know, we associate anything with Cameroon, it's tournament pedigree, you know, regardless of how good this team is, they always perform, well. you know, 2017. I didn't think they had a particularly strong squad and yet they won it, you know, incredible pedigree. So how how far do, you know, what are the expectations on them and how far do you think they can actually go?
1: Well, I think they can go as far as the team wants to go. And home advantage is no mean, no small matter. Um, they'll have a crowd behind them that will motivate them. Um, and I think it, we must remember it's a team sport. Sometimes when you have the stellar names, you have the issues is that you alluded to at the very beginning of, of our conversation. Mm-hmm. Because then you have these ego brush-ups and you have maybe some friction just because one person thinks they're a bigger star than another or whatever it is. At this point in time, you really see this team and you see you get a sense of a family, you get a sense of continuity, you get a sense of an understanding amongst themselves as to where it is they want to get to and where they want to get to, I believe, from speaking with quite a few of the lads, is to put a smile on on their their fellow citizens' faces. Um, What I find particularly exciting about the team is that it is full of talent. Um, They're all really accomplished footballers in professional terms. Mm -hmm. They are not stars in the sense that we don't have the big league players, again, Cameroon in same numbers. Yes, we have a Trooper Martin who is at Bayern Munich. Uh, we have a Zambo and Giese at Napoli. Mm-hmm. Um, Toko Akambi, who I absolutely love, is doing phenomenal things, feet and head. <laughs> um, he, he speaks well, he has a great understanding of the game, but he's applying himself at the highest levels um, in phenomenal fashion. But a lot of our talents are young men like Nuhutolu uh, or even uh, the, the young right-back Baizo, Olivier, who are playing out in the MLS. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are new world leagues. Um, they're spaces that have that accommodate talent in the same way Europe used to in the 80s and the 90s. But the difference is with a very Eurocentric view, we have of football at present. We tend to look just within that European space. And we say we don't have the stars mm. because they're not in that Eurocentric space. But uh, a talent like Christian Baseldog mm. is still the player he was in 2017. As a matter of fact, he's a better player than he was in 2017. But we will interpret the level of play he has present to be lesser simply because he's in China and we have an attitude that would disrespect that particular space. But the individual's talent hasn't evaporated. His sense of professionalism has only increased. His confidence in himself and in his talent has also increased. And I think with a coach like this who hasn't stopped bringing in talent from across the globe, uh, Coach Constance, is also demonstrating the ability for a nation to have a truly global team. So the Lions now are almost what we would dare say global. You have enough of that Cameroonian essence in them, Mm -hmm. but they are a true part and a true belonging of the world. And I think because they have this sense of togetherness, they have the potential to go as far as they choose to, and as far as their supporters also encourage them to get to. So tournament football needs that little bit of luck. Uh, If they get the rub of the green and they they. The sun's too hot but you get that one nil victory and you skip on to the next stages or to the next rounds when you get to that knockout stage then it's as good as whoever's in front of you so people hope but uh, there is a little sense of belief as well because if you look at the results on the side, they have spoken for themselves not many defeats they may not have as many victories but they're a hard team to beat and if they're also going to be playing at home, I want to believe that it'd be even harder to beat. And that's what tournament football really is about.
0: Francis has certainly got me believing in Cameroon more, but standing in their way is Burkina Faso side who are looking to bounce back after they failed to qualify for the 2019 edition of the AFCON. Since then though, they have gone undefeated in competitive competition, both in the qualifying for this tournament and in the World Cup qualifiers. I spoke to Abdul Karim Wedraogo about this transformation.
3: I think the team have improved because of uh, uh, new coming players. Because the team uh, was there since uh, 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 even before 2013. Because uh, uh, you remember in 2013, they they reached the final of the AFCON, where they lost uh, uh, against Nigeria. but the team was there a long time. And uh, the players, some of them were uh, uh, like uh, retiring. And uh, it has taken time. I think one of the reasons that the Burkina has not been qualified for the AFCON in Egypt was the, the fact that uh, most of the players were going out of there, uh, uh, and uh, they have, uh, uh, some are not competitive in, at their, uh, on their, the, the, the different teams. Mm. And uh, it has uh, blocked uh, a bit the progression of the stallion. And uh, since uh, we came now with a new generation of players, and uh, this new generation of players are playing at uh, somehow uh, high level in some teams in, uh, in, uh, in Europe. You know the case of uh, Bertrand Traore uh, playing. Uh, uh, he played with Chelsea. He went back to... Uh, um, Ajax and uh, he came back, uh, he went to France with Lyon uh, before going back to the Premier League with uh, Aston Villa. Uh, we have uh, uh, young players uh, uh, in uh, some teams uh, uh, here in Africa. Uh, in, in, uh, in, the, in Egypt, we have some players like uh, 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 Dayo, who has uh, a kind of experience in the team. Mm -hmm. We have some players, uh, uh, very young, uh, coming uh, now like uh, 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 players like Nasser Diga, but unfortunately this one is not uh, coming to uh, the AFCON because uh, he preferred to stay with the team rather than joining the the, the stallions. And uh, this new generation of players, have uh, made it possible, and uh, they, they, they they are very progressive. Some players like uh, uh, like uh, 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 playing uh, in uh, in uh, in Germany.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, all these players are, are, are a new generation of players, and they are young. and uh, I think uh, it's one of the reasons of the progression of the team uh for for these qualifiers and uh after the qualifiers uh the the new coach also have uh, made an input on the the the, the, the team because uh he is it's uh, at his first experience of managing a national team he used to manage local teams, so it's the first time he's managing a national team but he he he, he need to 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 give his uh way of uh, uh doing things uh, the, the management of the team and they want to inculcate the, the the fighting spirit mm. on the team and it has given the space to young players uh, who has uh, taken the advantage and uh, they are improving now. That's why uh, for the qualifier of the, the, the World Cup, they have been uh, 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 about to qualify and uh, the drone games with Algeria, which is uh, one of the best team now in, in Africa. They played more than 30 match uh, city games uh, without uh, uh, being defeated. So I think it's uh, uh, a kind of new generation of player coming to to this uh, AFCON uh, for the stallions.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. That, that must have been a big decision from from the coach Kamumalo to, to, you know, to move on a lot of these old players? Because there was a lot of very experienced players in this team, you know, Charles Kabore, you know, Alain Traore, and Abdurazak Traore in particular. You know, when he moved those guys on, just in the last year, you know, was that, was that a difficult decision? how You know, how was it received when he did it? It was a very difficult decision for him. Uh,
3: first of all, it's a, a national, a local a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Uh, if he's a foreigner, it's uh, easier for him to take these players out because uh, uh, he has less pressure. But uh, being a local manager, he has the pressure of the players and because uh, they have their fan clubs in the country. So it was very difficult for him to remove them. But fortunately for him, when he removed them, he has seen uh, an improvement in the, 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 the way of playing. Uh, uh, not even uh, 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 because they have uh, individual qualities, but uh, we have, as a team, we, we are seeing something uh, coming out on the, the, the way he's playing. And, uh, and I think it's easier for him to put pressure on the young player rather than uh, old players like Charles Cabores or, or, or Alain Traore who have, have a long experience with the national team, uh, But it has been a a strong decision, but uh, he achieved because uh, uh, some players like Charles Kabore were uh, having some uh, uh, challenges because uh, uh, when he left uh, uh, Russia, he was looking for a team and uh, it has been difficult for him to find a team. And I think it's uh, contributed to uh, leave all these players out of, of the system.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, before we came on, you were, you were talking to me a bit about kind of the impact of, of the new FA, the new Federation in charge of, uh, of Burkina Faso. You know, can you just tell me a bit about how that has impacted the team, you know, what's happened in that transition, and how has it impacted the, the preparations?
3: OK, uh, right, uh, a new president came. Uh, <laughs> In, uh, in August uh, 20, uh, 2021, they made some election, and uh, a new president came. Uh, the former president, who is uh, also a member of uh, 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 CAF, is the member of uh, the executive committee of CAF, is the member of uh, Sita Sangare, uh, mm-hmm. who is the president. And uh, uh, he was uh, about to succeed to himself when he was blocked by because it's uh, a, a, a military uh, by profession. And has, he has not got the, the permission of uh, the hierarchy of the army to apply for being the president of uh, the Burkina Faso Association, Football Association. Mm-hmm. So he brought a new, a new candidate. Uh, and, uh, when the new came, he was trying to, uh, to, to input his way of managing the team. Uh, but because of uh, this kind of uh, difficult relationship uh, among the members of his executive committees, he has pushed out four members of the executive committee uh, and uh, they protested and went to court. And the court has taken the decision uh, uh, in favor of those who have been uh, withdrawn uh, because the president have not respected uh, the rules in terms of because he has the power to nominate because there is changes in the way of electing the president of uh, uh, the Bukina Football Association. In the past, they were electing a team composed by all executive members are elected by the, the General Assembly, but uh, from uh, August uh, 2021. It's only the president uh, that is elected and is now appointing a team uh, to be member of the executive committee. But mm-hmm. once you appoint the people, you have to register. And once these guys are registered, they are becoming like elected as you. And it's only regional assembly who can dismiss them, not the president. So it's brought some challenges and uh, all. It's, uh, this has impacted on the preparation at national level because people were in discussing the issue. And uh, uh, but fortunately, I think they, they came together uh, because uh, the minister in charge of force and uh, the National Olympic Committee president came together and called them to make peace so that we have a, a good environment around the stallion uh, before they go to Cameroon. And I think uh, this have uh, uh, a bit impacted the preparation of the national team for for the Afcon, but I think everything is okay now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good to hear that they've they've you know started to be able to resolve that. I mean, in terms of other you know influences in preparation, obviously COVID nineteen has you know impacted you know pretty much every team. You know how how has it impacted Burkina Faso in in their preparation for the game against Cameroon?
3: Okay, uh, just. Uh, 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 two days ago, the team were in preparation in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, 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 they have uh, uh, some preparation, and they, they even played some uh, friendly match. Uh, against uh, the first match was against uh, Mauritania, where they drew uh, uh, nil, and mm-hmm. uh, the the last match was against Gabon, where they won three nil. And uh, uh, just before the team moves from Abu Dhabi to uh, uh, Yaounde, three players were uh, tested positive to COVID-19, uh, namely Is- uh, Isufu Dayoum and Nikema, who have uh, uh, not been able to join the team uh at the, the first day they came to cameroon but uh they have uh have been tested uh yesterday negative to covid-19 mm-hmm. and uh yesterday evening they they took their flight to join the team uh in uh, in in in, in yaounde uh, this has been uh the impact of covid on the team for this preparation stage and uh i hope uh that uh they will take uh, uh, a necessary uh, uh, COVID uh, protocols so that to avoid the team being impacted by the COVID-19. Mm.
0: Uh, so, that, so they, they, those guys will now be available to play uh, on Sunday.
3: Yes, uh, if okay. uh, they have not contracted a, a new one, uh, uh-huh. they, they are they are they are they are they are okay to to attend to, to the opening uh, game against Cameroon.
0: Mm, that's so good to hear um you know we don't want any team to, to be missing players or you know have their preparation foiled by by covid i mean finally i just want to move on to onto the team itself i mean yeah. obviously the big one like you mentioned is bertrand Traoré. you know he, everyone knows who he is a fantastic player um mm-hmm. but, but when i look at the team outside of him obviously you're missing you know Lasina Triore through i think injury which is a big yeah. loss you know the he play you know he's been so good for ajax and Shakhtar in the last last year you know Outside of Traore, who, who is going to be scoring the goals for Burkina Faso? You know, I look, you know, the last 10 years you've had Aristide Bansay, who's been, you know, an icon for Burkina Faso. But I'm, I'm, at the moment, I'm, I'm looking at the forward line and struggling to see where the goals are going to come from. Who is going to step up um, in, in this young team?
2: Hello? Abdul Karim?
3: The, the network is not
0: uh, uh oh is is it's failing a bit that's okay um yeah uh-huh. i'm just i'm just asking who who is you know going to be stepping up to, to fill that hole that that aristide banse left when, when he retired who's gonna be the goal the goal scorer for
3: for okay, we, Faso? Have, we have uh uh we have uh some players like uh um um let me uh tell you who is uh we have uh Apart from uh, Lacina Chaore, you have uh, over uh, uh, like Dango Watara. Mm-hmm. Dango Watara is a, a young player playing in, in France and uh, he's a uh, uh, progressive. For now, he's not titular on the team, but he's, uh, it will be maybe one of the revelations of this uh, AFCON for Burkina Faso. Uh, for now, if you take, uh, uh, in absence of uh, uh, Traore, you have uh, Sheikh Gibril Watara, who is a forwarder, uh, is a, 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 a central uh, striker. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Zakaria Sanogo. Zakaria Sanogo is uh, a, a, a forwarder and he's uh, playing uh, also very well, playing in France. You have uh, uh, Abdul Faisal Tapsoba, this one uh, is the one who scored uh, again Algeria when they played. Uh, uh, they, 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 they played the first game. They, they played is the one who scored uh, for Burkina Faso. We also have uh, Mohamed Konate. Mohamed Konate has been uh, 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 also uh, uh, one of the good uh, when they were playing the the qualifier of the, 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 the World Cup is scored and uh, uh, he has been part of the, the, the team. These are uh, essentially those who can play the key roles in uh, in, in, in the front. Uh, we have some old players like Cyril Barros Bayala, uh, even if he's not uh, 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 on, on top now because he's uh, not, Progressive. Uh, the past games has not played uh, uh, all the matches, so mm-hmm. but it's, he has a very good experience that he can can contribute uh, to the team. You also have Asan Bande, uh, another striker uh, who uh, can contribute uh, to uh, positively uh, impact the, the the can score at any time uh, in the team. Uh, but uh, coming back to Bertrand, Isidore, uh, We are fortunate that he's coming uh, back he uh, 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 was injured and is mm-hmm. coming back. But uh, the good news is that he played the, 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 the last game with his team uh, Aston Villa. And we think that uh, he progressively will join the team and use his uh, experience, because he's a very used, experienced guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he can contribute to the strike. But besides the striker, we have in the middle field some players like Gustavo Sangare and uh, and Blati uh, Touré, who can sometimes uh, uh, contribute to to, to 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 create some opportunity of scoring and mm-hmm. even scoring themselves. And when it's come to uh, some. Uh, 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 opportunity of uh, scoring at any time, they can contribute uh, uh, positively. Uh, These are some of uh, the... I I will not miss because uh, when you take the uh, players like uh, uh, Yusuf Dayo, Mm -hmm. even being a defender, when there are opportunity of uh, 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 some uh, like uh, the corner kick or some opportunity they are coming and they can contribute because he's uh, uh, a, a, an excellent guy in terms of using the head to, to score. Mm. So these are some of uh, people who can contribute to, uh, to, to, to positively impact the, uh, the, the, the offense of uh, uh, Stallion during this tournament.
0: They certainly have many options up front, but Coach Kamumalo has his work cut out in picking a winning formula. Next up, Ethiopia—one of the teams in Cameroon that is almost entirely homegrown. So, who better to talk to about the Walias than Firu Azrat, who works in the Ethiopian Premier League?
2: I've been returning to the Cup of Nations after eight years of absence. You know, in two thousand thirteen, we, we, we returned back to the tournament after thirty-one years. And then, there's been like eight years. and then we were fearing that we're going to stay another, you know, decades in order to qualify for the Afcon. But thankfully, our national team has, you know, was in a bit of, you know, a very strong team in the qualifying nation. I mean, in the qualifying tournament, I'm uh, with Ivory Coast, Madagascar, and Niger, and then we try to successfully at least win the home games, even if we lost almost all of the away games. But we try to qualify through the goal difference and the like. Um, So it's very, I think, it's a relief we are not going to stay at least. Two decades or three decades in order to re-qualify for the Afcon. So, so, for my for for my generation, it is a second chance for us to watch our national team playing in the in the Afcon in the in the Cup of Nations. So, so it's, it's a great pleasure for for many of us, uh, and then um, it gives us the hope that our national team one day could qualify to the World Cup or one day our national team can play, you know, in the, the knockout stage or even win back the AFCON like we did in 1962, the third AFCON,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you 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 work for the, the, the Ethiopian Premier League and Ethiopia is one of the teams that has the most, you know, number of local best players, only just like one or two playing their trade in, in North Africa. How, how important has the growth of the Ethiopian Premier League over the last year, couple of years, been in terms of, Developing the national squad because I, I, you know, I look at the squad as a very young squad. You know, one or two older players, but for the most part, a lot, yeah, a lot of young, hungry players coming from the Ethiopian Premier League. Um, and can you just tell us about how that that process has come? You know, the the Ethiopian Premier League has grown. How has that, in fact, you know, impacted the national team?
2: Well, almost you know, our national team is almost I can say ninety nine percent is made of the is made up of the players from the domestic league, and um, in the past two, three years, our domestic league, the Ethiopian Premier League, you know, has started to get, you know, the attention in the clubs have started to be more of professional. In the last season, uh, the league have already start get the chance to be broadcast alive in the Sub-Saharan African Zoo, a lucrative deal that would be with the league signed with the Supersport. Uh, so this gives at least a chance to be, for the players to be seen, I mean, it it showcasing the talent back home and then these good talents have get the chance to play you know in the national team and then if they perform good in addition to their performance in the domestic league they could get the chance to play the trade abroad in Afro, african um african leagues even you know, beyond in europe and in the in, in northern america so our league you know has started to be you know i can say it is stimulated especially with the lucrative deal we signed with the uh, with the uh, broadcasting chances uh, in South Africa, uh, things have started to you know get up and then people have started to demand a more playable pitch. You know People have started to demand you know a very well-organized club structure because this all comes uh, due to that, that deal. So so we hope that in the coming in the coming two, three years, our league will get at least to the level, you know, in the, the mid-level mid of, you know, good African leagues, and then we hope so that um, our clubs will get the chance to be a competent in the African clubs championships. So this, by you know, the cumulative effect will definitely be seen in the national. Team. At least players will get the chance to play abroad, and then players will get the chance, I mean, to be scouted, and then even also people will do watch the Ethiopian clubs, and then you know. The league will get, you know, fans beyond, you know, the borders, the Ethiopian borders, you know, in neighboring countries and you know, like, like we do watch the PSL and then also the Tanzanian League in recent years. So things are going up and then um, you can see you know, the implication is a nationality. That motivation, that stimulation, that spirit is, you know, has been transferred to the nationality. That's the reason why I say that we are we are now, you know. Well, as I said, we are sleeping giants. Uh, now so, something has, you know, we are being awake you know, and uh, we are on the right track, I can say. The Ethiopian football is on the right track and it will definitely flourish in the coming years.
0: Mm, that's that's really exciting to hear, and and exciting to hear that they're they're on the way up. In terms of the national team, can, can you just tell us a bit about the kind of the style of play? You know, what what kind of football does does the national team like to play? And you know, I noticed in qualifying, yeah, you you said you know you played six games, won three at home, lost three away. You know, it was good home form, but you know, a couple of those those home wins, you know, you beat. Uh both Malawi and Madagascar 4-0. So kind of what kind of football is, is Ethiopia playing to kind of be scoring these, these amount of goals?
2: Um we Ethiopians do love to play the short ball. I mean the short passes. We do love watch, can say the tiki taka inspired football. Mm-hmm. Um it's like it's like a culture, you know. You can, can press back back to the 80s, 70s and the like, you know. We do love to play, and even the spectators, the fans, do like to watch that playoff style, style, um, the style of play. And then also, um, if you can come and watch the Ethiopian Premier League, you can, you can, you can, you can feel it that players, coaches, you know, even clubs wants to choose to play. You know, the short passes. You know, they prefer to play the ball in the midfield. They prefer to build the ball from the back and then go back again to the front and the like. So that. That you can you can watch that in the national team, you know, that the mirror effect, you know, of that that play style. We do love to play the short passes. Um, actually, you know, most of the Ethiopians are not, you know, most of us are not, you know, that much. The players are not much physically built like the Western African and the like. So this mm. is that being physically dominant, dominated by other nations. So in order to play the ball, in order to you know possess the ball, literally to play the short passes. You know the one, you know. They, don't, they, don't, they do they choose to hold the ball and then to 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 to, to pass to your friends to build from the back end. and like that is the players then but when it comes to success we are not that much good when it comes to you know entering to the final side of the game and then we are also have a big you know setback in the goalkeeping section we do love to play the ball we have the motive to play the ball in the national team whether you say in the club football but we are not that much lethal in attacker in the attacking third we are not that much very, you know, cautious when it comes to, you know, the defending and I mean, the defense department, the goalkeeping. So, so if you watch the World Cup qualifiers, you know, most of the goals, you know, that we concede were scored due to the blunders made by the goalkeepers, you know, the errors made by the defenders, even if they choose the players choose to play the ball from the back, the build, you know, they want to, you know, to, to make it, I can say it's like a tiki taka. They want to play the tiki taka and they want to uh, enter the final third. But most of the time, we are not successful with that. And we lose the ball, you know, when by the, in the opponents, you know, or in the injured zones. And then you know, we just, you know, the team get, you know, easily consists goals from the, due to these blunders, you know, from the mistakes that are made by the department I and by all these players. So, Mm-hmm. I can say it like this. So we are going to show that I, I tell you, you know, you can enjoy, you know, most of the if you are a of fan, you will definitely enjoy the Ethiopian play of style. I mean, style of play, because you know, they want to, to we are we as much tiny, you know, we are not that much, you know, we don't have the feeding, the build, but we, you can see, you know, the motive, you know, the motive to play the board, the motive to say the artistic, you know, uh, nature of the ball and the like. So A little bit of enjoyable football, but I can say it's a risky one for us, especially. Mm. But we don't have options because most of the our opponents are, you know, are from the West Africa uh, with good, you know, physical I mean dominance and the like. So that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're in you're in a very very difficult group. Group A. You've got the hosts Cameroon, and you know they're going to be one of the favorites. You've got. You know Burkina Faso, which you know another strong team, and 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 a Cape Verde side, which you know even though they they don't have the pedigree, their team on the up. You know they in their World Cup qualifying they did brilliantly. They pushed Nigeria all the way. Um, for for you and for you know Ethiopians back home, what will be a successful tournament? You know what is the goal? What is what 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 do you hope to get out of the tournament?
2: Well, you know we don't expect our nationality to be in the knockout or to win the 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 trophy. Mm-hmm. you know for most of us back in ethiopia we don't want to lose you know with the biggest world margins i tell you as the truth you know most of us do not want that and we do believe that our national team will not consider that because we do believe you know our national team you know, is now you know it's surging up you know uh based on the level of com- c- competence with the other national team so for most of us we do expect you know for our for our national team you know to display a good football, you know to entertain us, to show our style of play you know or you know we, we want to display which is a little bit of different when you compare from East African nations or other African nations which used to play the ball here and there. so most of us do want that that one you know that we we, we want the national team uh, to show that style and then also, We really want them not to concede a lot of goals. But, you know, even for the national team coach, even for the players, we do expect most of the players to get the chance to play abroad through this AFCON because we do believe that um, this AFCON will showcase, you know, the talents because um, Ethiopian league, Ethiopian players are undermined by the scouts, by the clubs because there were, you know, there was... Exposure. The level of exposure was limited until SuperSport, you know, starts to broadcast our locally. Mm-hmm. So, so no one knows, you know, in previous years, no one knows about the Ethiopian players, uh, because uh, unless they played in the Afcon and the like. So now things are being are getting changed, and the now the new generation is taking over in the national team. So we do expect them at least to get a chance to play abroad, at least in the bigger leagues in Africa or in, in the, middle leave, I mean, the middle, level I mean, the mid-level leagues in Europe and. North America, um, just to recall, you know, from the 2013 national team that played in South Africa after 31 years of, you know, absence in the AFCON, you know, almost around five or six players get the chance to play, you know, in abroad, especially mm-hmm. in the Egyptian league and then also some others in, in the Sudanese, and in the in, in, in the North African leagues, and then also some one or two players in the Southern, I mean, in PSN, in South Africa. Uh, premier division so 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 we, we do believe that this this tournament will give us the chance and will give the chance for our players you know at least you know to continue the momentum because by this time we do have only two players from you know, uh two only two players who are playing the trade in abroad one in egypt one in algeria so so we want that to be changed like the like lack of abu Bakar and then mm-hmm. also Emmanuel and the like, good talent is needed to play abroad. And this, this AFCON, we do expect this AFCON to give them the chance to play, to showcase their talent. And, yeah. You know, try the best there in abroad.
0: Yeah. Mm. And just, I mean, you, you just briefly touched on them there. Could you just br- very briefly tell us just like one or two of the players that, you know, for people who aren't familiar with the Ethiopian national team, they need to keep an eye out for in this AFCON when they're watching?
2: Well, you know, if you in recent years, you know, in the past six or six months or one year, if you go and check the Ethiopian football, you know, stories and anywhere in the, in the world, in the, the outlets, you may definitely, you know, come up with a name, Abubakar Nasser, you know, this 21-year striker has scored 29 new nine goals last season in Ethiopian Premier League in 23, in 23 league games and then, um, if you recall, in this game versus Ghana in the World Cup qualifiers, and also in this versus those is in Zimbabwe. you can see the talent. That twenty-one year, mm-hmm. you know, striker is you know, is a talent to be to be watched and then to be followed. You know? So we do expect him. You know, he he's now in form. Um, in the last uh, now our league, the Ethiopian domestic league is in the eighth round. In the, we are on the match week eight. Uh, in the first three four weeks. He was not on form because there were lots of, you know, a lot of he, he was playing for the U20, U23 national team in the Secafa tournament. He was playing in the World Cup qualifiers. And then also he was in the CAF Confederation Cup with his club, Ethiopian Coffee. Um, This all had, you know, he had a lot of burdens. And then it was that he was fatigued and then he was even uh, was, uh he had been overbenched in some games and uh, was not on form. But now he's gaining his form so you know this this talent should be you know should be you know should be scouted i mean one should should look for this talent the other one is a manuel gabriel mikhail another um winger he's uh, 22 years old he plays in uh, at saint george previously he was a premier league like abu with um Abubaka won the league with a champion coffee i mean uh, he was um, uh, Was with Makalisa Banderta. He was top scorer and, uh, two seasons ago with uh, Makalisa Banderta in Ethiopia domestic league. Now he's playing his trade in the oldest and the most successful club in Ethiopia, as Saint George. His talent also should be seen. And then if the uh, if if the if it, if you give him the chance to I mean, to give me the chance to to say some about the defenders, um, we have good defenders, especially. Uh, wing backs, you know, I can say Mena Fawol should be also be seen. Uh and then also in the attacking side, if he gets a chance to play, if he gets a chance to start, I can say Dawa Hutesa, another a 24-year-old uh youngster who is currently playing for Adama, uh he's also a, a very good player. So I can say on average the team is, you know, it's diff- very difficult. You got to single out one or two talents, but the team is good. Is you know, on a, I can tell you the average age is around twenty six years of age. I mean, 26, 26 years the average age of the team, and then also uh, only three players from the last Afcon. I mean, for the the one they played in two thousand and thirty, only three players are in this national team. Three experienced players. Uh, mm-hmm. Shimalis Bakala now is currently playing in Egypt. Uh, uh, the other one is Gaitana Kabada. Gaitana was in South African League uh, for Bidvest Free Spirit University. He had been there. Even he was at, he returned back to Ethiopia four years ago, and he won the Ethiopian top-flight league. I mean, top goal scorer. He won the Golden Boot. So the, these two are the, the most experienced players. But the other one are you know the other ones are the top players in the league. You know the younger mm-hmm. stars. I can say you know 25, 26, 27 years of age. You know, most of them are on that range, uh, and then the average. Uh, is around 26 years off and so, mm-hmm. so we do expect you know uh, uh, an average team uh, and then top talents like Abu Bakr will definitely impress. impressed.
0: Abu Bakr Nasser is certainly one to watch up front for the Walias. Our final team in Group A is Cape Verde, one of the smallest nations to enter the tournament but certainly not here to make up the numbers. Earlier I caught up with centre-back Roberto Lopez who had to explain to me why a starting centre-back for the Cape Verde had an Irish accent.
4: Yes, yeah, so uh I was born in Ireland and I've lived here uh, all my life. Um mm-hmm. uh, my mother is Irish and she's the same, she's lived here all her life. But my father is from Cape Verde, he comes from the island of uh Sunny and uh he came to Ireland when he was in his thirties. Oh, sorry, in his late twenties, thirties and uh he met my mother and obviously started a family and uh that's where my uh, Cape Verdean background comes from and that's where I'm eligible to play for the Cape Verdean national team.
0: Mm, that's that's class and I, I mean I'm having a look at at the guys play for for the side you know they're coming from you know all over folks playing on the African continent all across Europe quite a few in Portugal is that a, a kind of a thing an actual strategy of the Cape Verdean team bringing in kind of people from the diaspora I know a lot of cu- uh, countries in Africa really rely on their diaspora um, or is are you more just an outlier and you know just 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 playing as yourself
4: yeah, I don't know if it's a particular strategy. I think um, a lot of people seem to emigrate from Cape Verde. That's what seems to be the norm in search of work and the set up families in, across Europe, as you say, across parts of Africa as well. Like, um, And yeah, it's just it's, it's about getting the best players into the team and to be fair to the, the coaching staff and, and the, the federation, they look far and abroad and it doesn't matter where you're playing. If you're good enough, they'll, bring you into the, the squad and you get the opportunity to play
0: mm, uh, that, that's class i mean i'm looking at at the cape bird kind of performances over the last year and for such a small nation kind of performance a to qualify for the afcon and, and kind of quite a tricky group and push cameroon really really close to win the group and then as well as you had this world cup campaign that we just finished this year we were so close to knocking out nigeria obviously like the, you know as big as it gets in in africa um How what has made you guys so successful despite being such such a small team coming from such a small kind of archipelago?
4: Yeah, we're a really close knit team, I suppose you could say. Like, and uh, everyone is really really close friends. And when you're in the group, like you you feel about ten feet tall because everyone wants you to succeed and do well. And we have a shared dream, which is to sort of put Cape Verde on on the map. And um, yeah, like it's just like. There's lots of passion in the group. We get that from the coach from the federation and it just trickles all all the way down through the team. And I think every time we step onto the pitch, we want to give our best for Cape Verde.
0: Mm. Yeah, brilliant. And and we're before we came on, you were you were telling me about how how you know brilliant the people of Cape Verde have been, um, particularly in those home games. Can you just tell us what has that been like actually going there, playing on the islands and kind of representing the country? How has that been?
4: Yeah, it's it's been absolutely incredible experience. I um I've been to Cape Verde. Uh, maybe twice before I was actually involved in the, in the football team and that was a long time ago and I've only ever been to where my father's from, Santa Clow so we, the, the games are sort of spread between two islands. Uh, at the moment Santiago and Selby Cent and the World Cup qualifiers were, were played in Selby Cent and as soon as we got off the plane we were, we were welcomed by uh, supporters um, dancing and, and playing music and they followed us all the way to the hotel and then at the games there just there just seems to be a great buzz in the, in the city like and they come out on their drones to watch training um, and, what, and what, at the games themselves. And I think we, we beat Liberia in what was a fourth game in the World Cup qualifiers. And uh, it felt like we won the World Cup. And uh, the celebrations went all over the road. They followed us back to the hotel. And it's just an incredible feeling. It, it kind of lifts you uh, in a way when you're representing Cape Verde because you know the, the, people, the people there get so much joy and they just really want to see the, the team do well. And with that backing, it really does motivate the players.
0: Mm, yeah I mean that that sounds absolutely incredible and and for such a small such a small country and such a passionate footballing country what what do you think it means to the people of Cape Verde and yourself to kind of be coming to the Afghan I mean it's only the third time you guys have made it so what, what does that mean to the country
4: I think it, it promotes like really good hope that like Anything is possible, and you can really be successful if you work hard. I think uh, a lot of people in Cape Verde maybe look at the team um, and think that Jesus, we're well able to compete with the with the rest of the world, Um not just in football, but in in any in any walk of life. Like um, it probably gives people the confidence to say, like, Do you know what, like, I'm just just from because I'm from a small country, it doesn't mean I'm I'm well able to go out there and compete with with any country, regardless of what your profession is. Like so, um, in that way, I think it, it really does. Um, motivate the, the people in the country
0: hmm. and and kind of for you coming over and playing with the side how how do you find the kind of actual culture of the team itself particularly compared to you know you play for shamrock rovers incredibly successful side in ireland so how how do you feel like the footballing cultures between the two kind of compare and how have you found kind of joining the dressing room in the last kind of couple of years
4: yeah, I, I suppose it's it's a it's, uh, it's a bit different, um, and the main the main uh, difference is probably the conditions. Uh, as I as uh, in Ireland, we're sort of used to the the rain and the wind and the cold, and then mm. you're going across to the Cape Bread, and it, it's 30 degrees nearly all year round with the sun scorching. Um, and t- so obviously you training sort of adapts to that. Like, um, but to be fair, there's a, there's a really uh, high standard of quality in, in the team. Like so, um, every day in training is intense. It's hard, and, and you know you're up against it. Uh, the culture is fantastic. I say that we have, like I said before, we have a great group of lads and everyone is made feel welcome. It doesn't matter if you speak a little bit of the language or you speak, speak fluent, everyone is involved. Everyone's up dancing. There's, there's music constantly and then just it's a really good vibe and really good fun going to training. It really makes you, mm. and they, some of our trips to the training ground has been one of the best experiences, you know, because everyone's just involved. Everyone's up, they're talking, they're singing, they're, they're dancing and it's just a real, a real camaraderie being uh, being formed.
0: Yeah, that that sounds amazing. C- can you give us like a, a snapshot of a story or something of, of something that's happened whilst you guys are kind of in, in this squad to give people a bit of an imagination, or is that kind of closed closed doors for us?
4: <laughs> <laughs> not that no, not that it's closed doors, but like that you, you every occasion they like say after training or after games, like the music would be on and someone would love dancing, and then out of nowhere, like maybe someone you wouldn't expect, like a coach or a, a younger player will jump up and just start dancing and then everyone mm. just gets involved because it's like it's an incredible that yeah. someone who was maybe a bit shy to get involved they're just, they just made feel like an absolute superstar then after that
0: oh amazing um yeah. So, I mean, looking, looking at the team and, and the squad, obviously you guys are going to come kind of as one of the more uh, kind of not entirely unknown, but a smaller country, you know, and people think particularly our listeners viewers, everyone knows your Nigeria your Algeria your, Algeria, your Egypt, these big teams kind of what is the, the, you know, on, on the pitch, what is the kind of style of play? How do you guys look to kind of model yourselves uh, where, when you play, what's the philosophy like? Yeah,
4: obviously well, we've got some really good attack and players in the team. And I think, um, I'm not, like that's what we're trying to uh, do in the matches. Is trying to get our attacking players uh, on the ball, and we know they create problems. Like, um, obviously, I think the way the, the, the football game has gone in general, you need to be able to, to keep the ball, especially in, in hot conditions. So we try to, to, to maintain possession and, and work it, and try and get it to our attacking players in really good uh, attacking positions where they have the opportunity to run at people and and beat people and get crossed into the box, like.
0: Mm. Yeah, and are there are there any players that you'd be telling people who are watching you know keep an eye out for this guy he's an absolute baller you know players you, yeah. you think are cl- aside from yourself of course
4: <laughs> no there's definitely there's definitely a couple like I think uh, the one that stands out is, is Royal Mendez. he's been a he's been a massive player for Cape Verde. I remember him I remember watching him in the last African Cup of Nations I think mm-hmm. this player is, is is unbelievable and I've followed his career ever since so he'd probably be our, our main man I met probably one of the most uh, known players in, in Cape Verde. Another one would be uh, Kenny Russia. He plays mm-hmm. for Oster Suns in, in Belgium at the moment, and and Kenny is uh, for someone who is such a small stature, like he's he's well able to mix it with some of the best players in in Europe, like and uh, I think his profile is building with every game. Um another one who I'm a big fan of he's, he's a fellow centre half. It's uh, Stephen Fortes. Uh, mm-hmm. He was it's actually at, on loan at Ulster Suns as well, and he did play with uh, Lens before that, like and. Um, Obviously, me being the centre half, I, I like to big up the, the defenders, but he's like a Rolls Royce when he when he plays uh, plays again.
0: Amazing, that's that's good to get to know. For for you looking forward at the Afcon, is there a like? I think you know, obviously, COVID has been a big thing, you know, the last couple of years. Um, you know, I'm I think I saw that you weren't able to even link up with the squad once or twice because of it. Are Are you worried about the Afcon in terms of? you know what might happen with covid or as a player are you kind of maybe a bit worried about the impact it might have on you kind of getting about logistically or anything or is it for you guys is it just like now nah, we're here to play kind of we really want to just focus on on the football
4: um i suppose yeah no like it, it's 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 here like so i suppose it does play a, a prevalent role in a in the tournament going ahead, like obviously for such a prestigious tournament as the AFCON, you want the fans to be there. I think first and foremost, you want to have a big atmosphere. And the fact that we have Cameroon who are the hosts in our group, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to have everyone coming out to, to support them. So it'll be a great feeling to have a packed out stadium in a, in a huge tournament. So, um, hopefully, um, the fans are allowed there's not too much restrictions put in place in terms of of getting down there like we'll make sure on our end that we have, we're all tested and we all have every, everything we're asked for will we'll be, be done to the highest level if we just hopefully when we get down there that nothing's changed in terms of fans attending the games because at the end of the day like these what these tournaments are built it's about creating these big atmospheres creating these big memories and, and having fans there of course because that's why football is at its best with fans
0: yeah absolutely hopefully fingers crossed as many fans can get in uh, as possible I mean look looking at your group yeah you, you know you said you have the host Cameroon Burkina Faso in Ethiopia you know Burkina Faso another another big side when you're looking at the group your first game is that that one against ethiopia is that the kind of one you're thinking this is the big one if you know if we want to get out of this group we have to win this or are you kind of looking more just you know each game as it comes we're just going to take it as we go
4: yeah i think obviously we're still a a bit away like we haven't looked at the any of the games in, in great detail but i think every game is going to be a massive game because uh and I know it's an old cliche, but like you, you don't get you don't get to these tournaments without being really, really good. Like so obviously it's the first game uh, in the group against Ethiopia. So it's one we really want to win, just to get a good start in the group. They say get three points uh, on the board as early as possible, and then obviously I'll settle the nerves, hopefully, and we can go on and, and kick on into the next two games. Like, but um no, we're not taking anyone anyone lightly in the tournament or in our group.
0: Mm. Uh yeah, that's good. That that's good to hear. Yeah, it's the standard I think is going to be really high. For, for you personally going into this tournament either in your group or kind of beyond that are there any kind of players that you're you're looking at or teams that you're like I really fancy myself going up against you know Mohamed Salah or whoever it is <laughs> um are there are there any players you kind of you know you, you've dreamed of playing against or you really want to have a go at, as as a centre-back
4: yeah yeah I, I don't know if I say like, I really fancy me chances but uh, <laughs> no, but no yeah yeah definitely I've um obviously I, I love Sadio Mane um, I'd love to, to come up against from the pitch and we did uh, happen to play Senegal earlier on the year in June but I was on the bench so I, I, I'd love to be on the pitch with Sadio Mane and of course Mo Salah uh, as well Like um, these are top players that you, you only have a dream about playing against so um, did I finally had the opportunity Like hopefully now if it, if it falls away to come up against one of them so um, I'd love them Riyad Mahrez as well Like um, I, I'd love to I'd love to see hopefully not him too much was tricky against me, but i will be on the same pitch against
0: him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, i kind of looking at the tournament for you personally or for the team. Is is there kind of a goal or an expectation? You know, when it gets the round of sixteen or quarterfinals, I know you did that in 2013. That's amazing achievement. But is it kind of want to do one better, or is it kind of we're there to play? Let's let's kind of do one game at a time and see where we go.
4: Yeah, I I think it has to be one game at a time because if you start dreaming about the the quarterfinals before you play, before you get out of your group, it could be a, it could be a really dis- disastrous. So um, I think the most important thing is we we qualify for the tournament. We're not just there to just be a part of it. We want to co- compete in it, and uh, we want to be competitive. And I think going into the fourth game against Ethiopia, and um, that'll be our goal just to go in and try and win that and create a bit of momentum and take it from there, and then look hopefully where we end up will be, be in the latter stages of the tournament but um, you can't think about that until, you, until you're
0: there unfortunately Thanks so much to Roberto and to Firo, Abdul Karim and Francis for all coming onto the podcast to chat about Group A in the Africa Cup of Nations. That's all from us for Group A. If you want to hear more chat, whether it's preview pods or podcasts during the Cup tournament covering the stories, the news and analysis, please do like and subscribe. And if you like the concept, we make it here on The Whistle. Please leave us a review.